Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. I need you so. In a recent court case, a person who's been sentenced to prison is appealing the sentence on the basis that they have a personality disorder. Now, it struck me as a fascinating topic, but one that is often misunderstood. To discuss this, we have our regular clinician, Ewan, who is doing his PhD in mental health risk assessment and works in a public hospital emergency department with the psychiatric team. Ewan tells me he may be a little off the boil today as he and his wife have just given birth to their new baby boy. Congratulations, my friend. Ah, thank you very much, Chris. It is a wonderful time. I'd love to say I'll remember it forever, but due to sleep deprivation, I've no longer got a reliable working memory. (laughs) In fact, everyone tells me, oh, it's a marvellous time, oh, it's a wonderful time, and all these people are sleeping again. (laughs) But it is, it's wonderful, it's wonderful. Thank you, Chris. I remember when I first had a child, and so, and he's two now, so yes, I'm sleeping as well, so... Yeah, you're you're teasing me. (laughs) Mate, can you tell me, what is a personality disorder? Yeah, now Chris, you mightn't have realised it, but you've actually asked a very big and at times controversial question. Um, I think it's important to start by saying that having a personality disorder comes with a lot of labelling, but I think it's a great way to describe a cluster of symptoms that a person might have. So in psychiatry, we use what's called the DSM, which is a diagnostic manual that tells us about a group of behaviours or symptoms. And it basically says that, you know, it ensures that we're all talking the same language. So the DSM basically tells us that a personality disorder is an enduring pattern of behavior. And I want to talk about that enduring. It's a long term and it's very different to a person's culture. Um, and it affects either their, their affect or their mood or their personal relationships, maybe their impulse control or even sometimes their, their cognition or alertness. And it really must lead to a significant loss to their general functioning. Um, I should also point out, Chris, we have to exclude other conditions as well or illnesses as well. So I guess I want to really drive home the point that we're talking about extremes of impairment over a sustained period of time. But uh, the, Chris, the, the nature and treatment of this group is quite complex and I guess a 10-minute chat won't begin to do the topic justice. Exactly. Are there different types of personality disorders? Look, quite a few, actually. Um, There's cluster A, B and C types, but I think given your introduction, cluster B personality disorders are the better known ones. Um, And I should say some um, are treatment seeking and some are treatment avoiding. So what are cluster B personality disorders? Yeah, look, there's antisocial or sometimes referred to as dissocial personality disorder. Um, Those are for people over the age of 18. They'll show an enduring pattern of maybe violating other people's rights. Um, They're considered deceitful, impulsive or aggressive. Um, They appear to have also minimal remorse and and can show quite reckless disregard for some at uh, at some times. Um, There's also borderline personality disorder. Um, They might suffer from very intense fears that they'll be abandoned. They can have very intense and unstable relationships. They can be really quite highly impulsive in in regards to many things like sex or spending or eating or other areas. There's recurrent suicidal behaviour or gestures and threats, um, and they can have very intense emotions and reactions to stress um, can be really quite, you know, sad for them and for those around them. Sadly, Chris, they also have quite a high suicide risk as well when compared with the uh, general population. Uh, There's a couple of other cluster Bs. There's histrionic personality disorder, which I won't go on in any huge detail. It's kind of someone that's not 
really comfortable when they're not the centre of attention or they can have rapidly shifting emotions and relationships and quite exaggerated expressions of emotions or maybe at-risk sexual behaviour. And once again, I want to reiterate the, the extremes in that. And finally, in Cluster B, there's narcissistic personality disorder. They've got a, a very grandiose sense of self um, they believe that they're special without foundation. Um, they can be really quite aggressive when they're challenged. Often their relationships are, are only for personal gain. They might have an unrealistic sense of self-entitlement or lack empathy. And they feel they should only associate with really high-powered people, uh, important people such as yourself, Chris. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no worries. And I might just finish by saying that there's also a thing we call personality disorder not otherwise specified, which is basically a range of symptoms across all different types. Um, but I want to reiterate, Chris, that this is a descriptive language and it does apply to extremes and enduring patterns only. And the, D the DSM is being revised. The new one's due soon, so it'll be interesting to see how that's all addressed. Wow. So what can cause a personality disorder? Mm. Another good question, Chris, and, and one that's not without controversy. Look, uh, I guess my experience in emergency is a lot of borderline personality types have experienced a real trauma. So they might express their pain or communicate in, in a maladaptive or risky pattern, such as an overdose or deliberate self-harm, sometimes aggression. Um, there's a major service here in Victoria that works on the assumption, in fact, that, that anyone with a personality disorder, especially borderline, has had a personal trauma. Um, so, look, I mean, in general, people argue that there might be genetic differences. Some argue it's due to poor attachment at an important stage of development. Um, some say all of the above. Um, I, I think with narcissism, there's also similar but slightly different theories. Um, one being that, that the person might have had poor attachment with a carer and, and to cope they had to develop a, a really important sense of self or an overinflated sense of self and they can get aggressive when they suffer what we call a, a narcissistic injury when their status is challenged. Um, antisocial personality disorder is interesting. Some have been arguing recently that there's a difference in brain development or a learning disorder. A lot seem to be talking about modelling behaviours. So, for example, uh, the parents might exhibit high antisocial behaviours and once again there might be poor attachment. So usually symptoms might start in the teenage years but not always, Chris. Really? When we talk about attachment, and I guess this is my own view, maybe nothing overly scientific about it, but I think I've, I've felt this experience over years that when we talk about maybe a child that is being good or is not doing much, they might be ignored by their, their mum or, or dad um, or carer and then when they act up they might cry or they might do something, that's when they get the attention and I wonder sometimes if that can carry over a little bit that, that you know negative behaviours are rewarded with attention. I, it's something I'm working on, I don't know how exact it is but I guess that's some of the things we talk about when we look at attachment but really we're talking about a connection between a, a child and the main carer. Mm. Attachment sounds quite complex. Uh, yeah, I probably made it sound such. Um, and Chris, I should add, I, I don't mean to be harsh on carers or parents. Um, I see some lovely parents come through and the personality disorder might have developed for other reasons. Um, there's also a theory that some people develop a, a personality disorder and they might have difficulties processing interactions with parents and that can make attachment difficult too. So, and in fact, there's even some new research coming through that's looking at the expressions that parents may or may not have and give to a baby and, and it can take longer to settle with and crying and all sorts of interesting stuff. But I think I want to say at the end of the day, there are quite a few theories. It can be extremely difficult and distressing for the families or carers, and the blame isn't necessarily with them. But to be fair, at times I have come across some very difficult family dynamics that you can see contributes to a person's poor mental health. What about drug use? 
Uh, yeah, again, quite complex, Chris. Um, certainly drug use can contribute to impulsivity, antisocial behaviour and, and suicide as well. So I'd want to exclude drug use as a cause before considering a personality disorder. As for prevalence of use with uh, personality disorder, um, last year a study argued that there was a correlation between antisocial personality disorder and drug use, which was interesting. Another journal showed a correlation between all the cluster B disorders and higher substance misuse. So the argument is in those articles anyway that it um, is down to the impulsive nature of these personality disorders that might result in drug use, but it's complex. You know, having said all that, it puts a completely different light on when we see people... Um, behaving this way in public and we realise that maybe it's not all their fault. Oh, absolutely. Look, once again, I reiterate, we shouldn't be quick to label and we're talking about the extremes. But uh, absolutely everyone that I've seen that, that might have come across these things sometimes, have just they're just trying to process horrific traumas and horrific backgrounds. And in emergency, sometimes it's easy to forget that. But the past that you don't see, uh, the fact that these people can get up each morning, I applaud. Um, it, it even makes me feel ashamed for even thinking about judging someone that I see as behaving, you know, in an antisocial or whatever sort of way that I think, oh, that's wrong. You know what I mean? Look, it's very easy. And then, look, I mean, antisocial, I mean, it's not a sort of sympathetic type of person, especially if you're a victim of violence as well. Um, look, uh, I guess that's part of the idea of having this conversation is to just not label or blame, but demystify a little bit about what we're talking about and, and what can happen over the years that might cause something like this. as a clinician from a public hospital emergency department with the psychiatric team. We'll have part two of this interview next week, which will include how to treat somebody that we know may be suffering from a personality disorder. This is Light and Life. To contact us, go to salvos.org.au slash radio.